Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. As the health industry continues to combat health and cost-related issues exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic, employers remain a key figure in the pursuit for higher value care. Recently, the LeapFrog Group partnered with the Health Transformation Alliance, or HTA, to help delineate healthcare services of high value with a particular focus on healthcare transparency and payment reform. On this episode of Managed Carecast, we speak with Leah Binder, President and Chief Executive Officer of the LeapFrog Group, about her organization's partnership with the HTA, significance of their 20th anniversary this year, and how transparency and employer leverage may shape the transition toward value-based healthcare. Welcome to Managed Carecast, Leah. Thanks. Great to be here. To start us off, can you speak a little bit about the LeapFrog Group and your role in the organization? Sure. The LeapFrog Group is a national nonprofit organization. I'm the CEO. I'm the head of it. We are based in Washington, and we were founded by employers and other purchasers of healthcare benefits who wanted to improve the quality and safety of healthcare. We founded 20 years ago. Speaking a little more on the LeapFrog Group, as you just alluded to, I understand it is your organization's 20th anniversary. First and foremost, congratulations. Can you speak to the strides that have been made, not only by hospital rating organizations such as the LeapFrog Group, but also by large employers since your founding? You know, there's been a lot of progress. I would almost call it a renaissance. 20 years ago, when LeapFrog was founded by employers who really felt like they could do better with their health benefits, I don't think any of them anticipated the level of of data, the big data era. They certainly didn't anticipate cell phones and the idea that people would start to think about their health care as something they can shop for. I think they, they hoped that that day would come where people would think that they could make informed decisions about their health care. But I don't think they thought that was going to happen quite as explosively as it has in the past 20 years. So I don't think they necessarily knew that that would occur. And then what's happened, I think, is that employers have embraced that big data era. And they have provided not only through LeapFrog information about quality and safety and, and really guided people to make more informed decisions about their health care. But also, I think they've looked at it as a way of trying to advance price transparency and change the way we do um, centers of excellence and even try to experiment with new forms of purchasing and direct contracting, bundled payments, just a whole variety of really interesting reforms and initiatives that I, I've just just seen so much creativity and innovation among employers. And I think all of that is made possible by really by technology and this big data era that has given employers the chance to really get their hands on their own claims and really think through what they can do, not only with their health plan, but independently if need be. And building upon this history, you know, recently your organization announced a partnership with the Health Transformation Alliance or HDA that will work to recognize high-value care through a particular focus on healthcare transparency and payment reform. Can you speak more on this partnership, particularly its key goals and significance among employers and healthcare purchasers? We are very excited uh, about joining with HTA. We've actually worked with them on and off since they were founded a few years ago because we have a common agenda. We're very aligned in our mission of trying to 
improve healthcare by purchasing better, by being more um, savvy about how employers use the leverage of their purchasing dollars to really drive change in healthcare, get better healthcare for a better price for their employees. And that's certainly something HTA has tried to do. We've taken it from, we've gone from different angles. So HTA has an enormous amount of claims data insight. And so just a really smart, talented team of analysts who've been able to look at that claims data and really make some sense of it in terms of what, uh, where are opportunities for better care for, for employees. And we haven't used claims data so much at LeapFrog. At LeapFrog, we go out directly to hospitals and now ambulatory surgery centers, and we ask them for information on things like infection rates or C-section rates. This is data you actually cannot get from claims, but we are able to get this um, tested data that is, um, that, that is aligned with um, endorsed measures so that we're able to get apples to apples comparisons among hospitals on their rates of important events, whether they're negative events like an infection or events like childbirth where we can understand some of the complications and things that happen. Those areas are also really important to building an understanding of how a healthcare system is functioning on behalf of an employee. So not only based on claims, how often complications have arisen, but how likely they are to arise in the future at particular hospitals or health systems based on their prior performance that LeapFrog has data on. So we're hoping to really combine forces and be able to look at rates and um, endorsed measures of performance that give us this incredible information about, um, about how a hospital is doing overall compared with actual experience of employees individually uh, and bring it all together to try and come up with an even more nuanced portrait of the quality and safety of healthcare and uh, what advice to give people, employees and others, the public at large, on how we can do better in our healthcare system um, and how we can do better as purchasers uh, to get better care for people. So we're really excited about working with HTA to bring all this data together, to bring all these insights together, to bring all these people together who've been really studying this marketplace and give employers better tools that they can use to, to really drive change for their employees, for, the, for their businesses, and for really for the American public. And in driving change, delving further into this conversation on data, are there any trends in healthcare you are especially interested in learning more on in regards to value and cost effectiveness? I am very interested in hearing about value um, as it relates not to, to settings outside of hospitals. So LeapFrog has, for most of our uh, most of our existence, we focused on hospital care. And the reason for that is that that's a huge part of spending for most purchasers. It's probably a third or more of the spending that individual purchasers do. So that's why our original founders, <clears throat> these employers really wanted to focus on hospitals. And they should. We all want hospitals to be safe. We've seen with COVID how absolutely critical it is that, that hospitals are well-functioning, safe, secure, they have good people working there. That, that actually has an impact not only on our healthcare, but on our, our, our economy, our whole country, our community. So it's, hospitals are extremely important. And so we, we're proud of the fact that we focused on them. But I think as we look at the value movement, we need to look um, at a broader array of healthcare settings 
and how they all come together for the patient. So we're very interested, for instance, in nursing homes. We've seen, again, with COVID, how they can be uh, really dangerous, frankly. I mean, this, they've been areas where we've seen a huge number of deaths from COVID have come out of nursing homes, more than 80,000 that I know of, uh, according to the, the statistics that we've reviewed. So we want to look at nursing homes and understand how they're doing. We also want to look at settings like uh, physician practices, dialysis centers, um, hospice. There's, there's a whole wide variety of, of places that people seek care, and we want to understand how well they're doing. In addition, one, it, one way we see of tying all of those settings together to understand better the value that individual patients as well as purchasers are getting is patient-reported outcomes. We'd really like to understand the perspective of the patient on how they see the care that they've gotten. Did they get the outcome they were seeking? Are they able to function well uh, after a particular treatment or surgery? It well according to what they expected? Uh, are they, uh, did they get an infection? Did they, did they have a medical error or a diagnostic error? Those kinds of questions are increasingly accessible to us through tools that are now being tested uh, on patient reported outcomes. So we want to start to incorporate more of the patient perspective into our systematic understanding of how the healthcare system is doing. So I see that as kind of the next horizon for all of us as in the purchaser world in what we want to be able to understand about the healthcare system. And in, in continuing this pursuit, what factors continue to impede transparency in healthcare and how will this collaboration work to address those concerns? There's always going to be a certain um, hesitance around transparency in the healthcare system because the healthcare system is run by human beings and I think there, it is human nature to resist full transparency. Sometimes we overcome that, that resistance in our own nature, and that usually is to the benefit of everyone. And many hospitals and health systems have done so. They've been remarkably transparent about their performance, sometimes when it's not so great, and they've been honest transparent in their communities about that and it has almost always worked in their favor when they when they do that but it is you know human nature you don't want to you don't want to say well here's where we have flaws you don't you don't really want to put that out there publicly so um, I think the resistance to transparency on a fundamental level is that it's also though because the healthcare system has for so long been able to function without transparency so you have you have um, health systems that might have a very big name, big reputation, but they've never, at least until recently, had to put out too much information about how they're actually doing that lives up to that reputation. And so what we've been able to do at LeapFrog and really by harnessing the leverage of the employers and purchasers who are behind our movement, what we've been able to do is start to report on the performance of those health systems, even with big names, and in some cases, not all, but in some cases, big names do not uh, add up to big performance. In some cases, it's not good performance. And I think for health systems, they prefer not to have to reveal that. And um, now, they will not say that out loud. Most of them will not say, oh, we just don't want to be transparent because we don't, we don't like you to hear about how things we're not doing well. 
no one's going to say that to you bluntly. They will say, we don't like the measures or they're not risk adjusted, usually, and they are, by the way, but, you know, there, there's usually a lot of different excuses that are made for why they don't like it. But when it comes right down to it, it's human nature. And it's really the privilege that health systems have had for a very, very long time, for decades, of not having to publicly report their performance the way businesses in any other industry do. I mean, if you're an auto manufacturer, you don't have that luxury. You, you have to report how you're doing, how your cars are performing compared to your competitors. And you just, that's just never been an option for you to have to report that. It's been an option for a long time for health systems and they're finally coming around. So what has to change in order to make it happen is for employers to act like purchasers at like purchasing any other product or service they would purchase where they would expect to know the quality and pricing of that, what they're buying. They expect that when they're buying office supplies, they, would, they should expect that when they're paying for the far more important thing, which is the, the, the health and well-being of their employees. So um, purchasers, once I think they get into the um, mindset, really, that they are purchasers, that they are in a market and they are purchasers, and that they should expect to hear about the quality and safety and pricing of what they're buying, uh, then I think that does change the dynamic and it no longer becomes optional for players within the healthcare system to decide not to be transparent. And again, tying in this conversation around transparency, this partnership will work to help identify the highest value healthcare providers for HTA's employer members. For those not affiliated with HTA, how can they access this information? Well, anyone can go on our website, uh, leapfroggroup.org, or you can go to um, hospitalsafetygrade.org both of those websites, we have all of the information that we put out publicly of any sort on rating of hospitals. So hospitalsafetygrade.org is a letter grade we assign to every general hospital in the United States on how safe they are. You can look up any of those hospitals. It, you can drill down and uh, you can compare within communities, different grades, you can do anything. Uh, to understand the safety profile of your community or nationally or somebody else's community or uh, an individual hospital. We, we do have 28 measures of safety that we use for uh, each hospital. So you can drill down and look at how that particular hospital did on those 28 measures. In addition, you can go to leapfroggroup.org and you can look up hospitals and ambulatory surgery centers that voluntarily report to us on their safety and their quality, and you can look at that data as well. So basically everything we do, we make public. We are transparent and we believe strongly in that mission. So we want it to be available to any consumer and any employer. And we particularly want employers to consider using that in really all of their purchasing decisions. We want them to take a look at that data, ask their health plans to incorporate that data into their own um, reporting to, uh, to members and their own um, contracting and, and um, value-based purchasing programs. So there's lots of ways that, that purchasers can either use LeapFrog data on their own on our website or ask plans or consultants or uh, brokers or anyone else to incorporate LeapFrog data into what they're doing. And dozens of, of uh, plans and others are incorporating LeapFrog data now. And addressing two large factors of this unprecedented year, you know, fueled by the COVID-19 pandemic, which we have talked about before, 
as well as this year's election. How have LeapFrog worked to advise uh, groups, having been a voice for employer healthcare purchasers for such a substantial amount of time? Our goal at LeapFrog has been to keep an eye on the prize without, <clears throat> without undermining the performance of hospitals in this critical time. They are under, of course, enormous strain trying to respond to the emergency of this pandemic. And we have nothing but absolute admiration for the fact that hospitals and the people who work in hospitals have been extraordinary in coming forward in this time. So we wanna be respectful of that, but at the same time, we don't wanna lose momentum on the important issues of quality and safety. So we've continued to report to employers on quality and safety in hospitals. We've continued to advocate for full transparency around quality and safety in hospitals. We have worked with CMS, uh, which is the agency that runs Medicare, to try and uh, encourage them to continue to report hospital data. They did offer a moratorium for a short period for hospitals reporting certain quality and safety data, but they did suspend that moratorium and they've come back to it. We've, so we've, we've really seen our role as just trying to keep the, the momentum on value because what we've seen from this terrible pandemic, again, is the absolute importance of safety and the importance of our healthcare system. It literally can, uh, can be the difference between a thriving economy and a depression. I mean, that's how important our healthcare system is to everything. We know it's important to our health, but I don't think most of us really thought about how important it is to every other aspect of our lives, whether our economy or our communities our families, our schools, everything. The ability of our healthcare system to function well when we're in an emergency, in a healthcare, healthcare emergency, that is critical to every aspect of our lives. So we cannot, uh, as purchasers and as LeapFrog, we cannot take our foot off the accelerator on healthcare quality because it is too important even in the midst of an emergency. So we wanna, again, be respectful of what it takes to manage this emergency, but at the same time, we are not taking our foot off that accelerator. We're not gonna, there's no hesitation on quality and safety. And we've been working with purchasers to make sure that they're set up uh, uh, at least to make sure that those, uh, those commitments, those values that we, share about where the healthcare system needs to go are not suspended uh, forever uh, as a result of the pandemic. Delving uh, more into the critical nature of the healthcare system and looking more at the federal side of action or inaction as well, what are the critical imperatives for the next administration to ensure both price and quality transparency is optimally addressed in our medical system? Well, the first thing is that that has to be considered a priority. I think for a very long time, health policy has focused on health insurance and access to health insurance, which is an important issue. There's no doubt, especially if you don't have health insurance, it's an extremely important issue. So I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't have any illusions on the, that importance. However, once you have access and 
the vast majority of Americans do have access through health insurance, then the question is, to what? And how are we going to pay for this? And is it good care? I mean, those are critical issues, but it's, it's oddly something we don't, always, we don't always get to. It's almost like it's a sideline. Well, we, we figured out how we're, we're going to pay for it through insurance, but no one ever gets to the core question of pay for what and, and, and how much. I mean, those are really critical issues. So the first step is actually getting them on the national priority list. I will say that the Trump administration did put at least price transparency as a priority. And they did make some inroads in requiring price transparency, which we have a lot of admiration for because again, just for so long have not seen that as, as a priority. But price transparency alone is not gonna do the trick because there is no good price for bad care. If you get an infection, there's what price are you willing to pay for that? Nothing. That's not worth a, any price. We want to avoid that. And so quality and safety have to come first. First, we want to get excellent quality and safety, and then we want to negotiate the price of that. And so I think for us, putting quality and safety on the national agenda as a priority, and safety in particular, where we know so many people are dying of preventable errors and, and avoidable accidents in hospitals, um, that we need to put that on the top of the national agenda and we need to push for it. And that's what we're doing. We, we are advocating strongly through this transition, uh, or certainly we will be at the right, uh, when, we're, when, when we're at various settings and tables that we're going to be sitting at uh, to argue that case in Washington, um, we will be saying that that needs to be the top priority. And then looking at virtual care, which has grown substantially amid the pandemic, looking uh, at a post-COVID-19 world, what influence do you foresee virtual care having on future healthcare costs and payment reform? I think it's going to be very positive. We're really excited about the possibilities. We think that, I think employers have been advocating for telehealth or virtual care for a very long time. And many have invested themselves in offering, for example, telemedicine as a separate benefit for their employees, separate from their, their health plan offerings. And that's been um, just, a, just an example of where employers are willing to put a significant investment in the future of this, um, of this method of delivering care. In addition, um, to the kind of wearables and other kinds of uh, technological innovations that make it possible to do to do te to do technological care to do like virtual care well, um, I think they they've been interested in both aspects of that. So I think there's lots of potential for it. I think the biggest issue is going to be again safety, and safety is going to also mean uh, ensuring that there's that that we can protect patients against fraud or against abuse or against problems that could occur in the delivery of care that may not be in the usual way. So there's lots of ways to do that. And we're going to be looking closely at what, how we can contribute to making sure that occurs. That is really going to be the key issue as we go forward. And it needs to be solved right away because there's been enormous progress in moving our country toward virtual care and very, very quickly with the pandemic. And now we need to catch up with making sure we get the right quality measures to ensure that it's done well. And lastly, is there anything else you wanted to add that has not yet been addressed? Well, I, I think it's very important for health plans to 
begin to think differently about their own business model. I think there's, there's a real change in the air among employers, that, at least the employers that we deal with, which is a lot of employers. I think there's a change about how they view the role of health plans. And I think they're looking to health plans to have vision and innovation around uh, safety and quality and around value, around how we purchase care in a way that gets the best possible outcome for employees. So it sounds simple to say that, but that's not simple, as we all know. That's a really hard thing to do. And employers, now that they have access to their own data in, in increasing numbers, they're able to manage their own data thanks to technology, and they're able to invest in things like virtual care directly for their employees, they're getting more interested in doing everything themselves. And health plans, in order to be relevant in that environment, at least to employers, need to figure out how they can add innovation to the equation. I think employers are not satisfied right now based on our own research. They do not seem satisfied with, uh, entirely anyway, with their health plan's ability to foster that innovation in the way we pay for care so that it improves care. And I think there's lots of room for improvement, but I think plans can do it. I mean, I know people who work in plans. They have a lot of expertise and a lot of good ideas. They're going to need to start putting those on the table because employers, I think, are both um, they, they're impatient and they are at the same time feeling increasingly confident that they could do at least some of the management of their own health benefits themselves. So I think, uh, I think it's time for health plans to, to take a, a second look at their market. Fantastic. Thank you so much for providing your expertise, Leigh. And thanks again for joining. Well, thanks for having me. To learn more about this issue, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.